Welcome to the Pick Truth Podcast, where we read confessions that people send us or that we find online and rate them based on their level of heat. The truth can range from a bell pepper to a Carolina Reaper. A bell pepper is a very mild truth. A poblano is a truth that can irritate others. A jalapeno is spicy. A Thai chili has me judging you very hard. The Reaper is a truth that you should take to your deathbed. Listen, laugh, and learn what happens. When the only option you have left is to pick truth. Welcome back to another episode of Pick Truth. I'm your host, Dr. Vicki Harris. I'm here with my co-host. Lamont Hearn Jr. And we're here to bring the heat. It's been another week. Halloween has passed. It was this uh, this Sunday. Uh, I'm sure my children are still coming off their diabetic ketoacidosis. I mean, their uh, enjoyable candy. Feel sorry for all the teachers who have pounds and pounds of candy coming to school. Uh, yeah. That that had pounds and pounds of candy coming to school on Monday. Yeah. Um, so here in the United States, there, it's a local, national tradition to send your children out to beg for candy to your neighbor. It's your neighbor's homes. Uh, they dress up uh, in any array of costumes or none at all. Knock on your door with trick or treat and. Uh, demand delectables from you. Yeah. Um, not toothbrushes, not fruit. Not raisins. Yeah. Those people, if you're giving out raisins on Halloween, you're wasting your money. Like, don't, just turn your light out. Yeah. So that's the internet. That's I don't know if it's international, but we have made it that. It's the international sign to I ain't got none is turning your light off. Turn your light off. Keep your raisins and your nickels to yourself. <laughs> nickels? I'm just saying. So this year we passed out large candy bars and we have uh, another neighbor that does as well because I feel like we made it. Mm. I don't know what we made, but two things signify being rich. So the the first thing I've always talked about with my friends, they know, is, you know, I thought you were rich if you wore a business suit and snorted cocaine. I'm just saying (laughs) I'm a child of the 80s. That's what I saw on TV, risky right. business and all of the other stuff. I mean, I just thought like, oh, when you're rich, you snort cocaine. And as a 42-year-old, I can promise you on everything, never snorted cocaine because I also saw a crack did. Right. And they too close to each other. They brother and sister. They too related. <laughs> and I can't mess around. Nah. So, yes, being rich meant you had shoulder pads, snorting cocaine in a business suit in a brick phone, like the cell phone back then that was yeah. like the size of a monitor now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, like you, you can see the image. Yeah. The other was giving out big candy bars, like, big, you know. Big facts. Yeah. So now, like, I'm all proud. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, see, the problem is now kids are always in the house. They don't really know their neighbors right. as well. And in my childhood, we knew everybody. Mm-hmm. And I, we never had bragging rights about we had, you know, big candy bars. We had the black and orange candy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that peanut butter. Yeah. One of them I like, one of them I don't. And uh, Biddle Honeys. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love me some Biddle Honeys. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they still make Almond Joys and Mounds? I don't. Well, you know, I used to like them, and really? I don't anymore. Oh, and I like coconut. Okay, I, that that's fair. Do I, you like coconut? No. Okay. Would I you mean, ever try like a coconut chicken curry soup or anything like that? See, and maybe that I try, but as far as the candies and stuff like mounds and almond joys, I've just never been a fan. Don't like them one bit. My husband doesn't like coconut either. Okay. So you know, the age of sit around the room and make your candy to sort out. Yeah. One of my children doesn't like peanut butter. 
He doesn't like uh, peanut butter in his candy. Okay. He'll eat a sandwich, but he doesn't like Reese's. And, you know, from an obesity standpoint, I feel like we raised him right. <laughs> but from a, seriously, son, are you really related to us? Mm. You don't want any of these Reese's. No, not 1,000. These 1,000 Reese's, you don't want none of them. Not a one. All these Reese's cups are from me. Yeah. Pile at you. So, okay. How was how was your week been, and what's been going on with you? Um, it went good. Halloween was very interesting. We moved into a new neighborhood, and this was our first Halloween there. It was just interesting to kind of get to see all the kids out there dressed up. My kids got to experience Halloween in their neighborhood for the first time in a while. I know we normally are with you all, but yeah, they enjoyed it, and um, it was very fun just to kind of get out there and see all the making up of the neighborhood that everyone did and. I'm just glad to be back for another episode. All right. So, you know, uh, we're going to kind of get right into the episode, guys. And this one may be a little bit different. So if you are sensitive in nature, you may want to turn off this episode right now. What led to us, our topic, and our topic, it's, it's kind of hard to articulate, but it is you don't know what people have experienced or gone through. You really don't. Uh, this all stemmed from a tragic uh, event that happened right before this recording, a day before this recording, where I have a great nephew, and unfortunately, he witnessed someone shot and killed in front of him. So my brother went to get him and, and his, so that he could kind of spend a couple of days away from the environment. He picked him up, and we were talking, and the first thing he said to the people in the car that picked him up was... Don't ask me if I'm okay. So he's five years old. My brother and I discussed it, you know, what what needs to happen. I was like, you know, he needs help. You know, we don't pretend like he just didn't watch someone get shot in front of him. And so more to come on that as I understand everything. But that triggered me to think about, you don't know what's going on. We we talked about therapy. We talked about what what can be done. And, you know, he's we're not their parent. We're not the parents. The parents have to do it. But the parents are may not be capable or understand the value that we see in it. So that led me to my first confession. And so I'm going to go right into it. And this one is titled, I gained weight just so a nightgown would be too small for me to wear. I don't know how to make this confession short, but I will try. I spent most of my life thinking that people who displayed weakness were inferior. I spent my entire life in a constant state of awareness. For example, I was constantly at attention. If I'm in a room with 10 people or less, I always knew what everyone in the room was doing at all times, even if I was not directly interacting with them. I joke around and say that I have a superpower. I have the ability to read people. I can see the slightest nuances and changes in actions and behavior, and I can predict multiple outcomes to a situation and the likeliness of an outcome to come to fruition. Yes, I just said that one of my superpowers was my ability to guess. See, my survival through childhood was dependent on my ability to guess. For the first 10 years, I had to guess what my new address would be. I had to guess whether we would have lights or gas. I had to guess which version of my mother we had to we would see moment to moment. I had to guess if she was going to let the family friend play with me again on the couch. I was in the purple and white pajamas. My favorite. The ones that came with a matching nightgown for your doll. I was already in bed. All of us kids were asleep. 
It was weird that she was letting me get out of bed to watch TV. I was excited that she was being so nice. As I mentioned, I didn't know which version of my mother I would get. The last time she woke me up in the middle of the night was because she needed to tell me that only low-down, dirty, fat bitches hid candy wrappers in the couch. She then proceeded to throw the wrappers at me. They fluttered around the room. She got in my face and yelled, I better not cry, and to try to get the fucking mess cleaned up. It was hard not to cry. Even now, I can feel the pain and how deep and heavy my chest was as I cleaned up the mess. Part of me was sleep, part of me was in shock, and part of me wanted to tell her I didn't eat any candy. This time was different. She was so nice. I didn't know he was there. I loved him. He was so nice to me. He was the only person that was nice to me back then. I sat on the floor and started watching TV. It was Johnny Carson. I could not wait to brag this in the morning to tell my little brother. I now think my mother would pit us against each other on purpose, but that's another story for another day. Mama asked if we wanted hot chocolate. I swear I can pull up the feeling I had when she said that. My soul went through the roof. Hot chocolate was the elixir of life back then. Later, she ruined hot chocolate too, but for now, I timidly said yes. I did not want to be too excited. I think sometimes she enjoyed watching the light of happiness leave our eyes, so I played it cool. She went to the kitchen to make the hot chocolate. He told me I could sit on the couch next to him. I was glad and excited. Back then, I didn't even know what he did to me. It just felt wrong. It felt dirty. The combined smell of cigarettes and beer still make me physically ill. I know now what happened to on that couch was abhorrent. Odd enough, this is not when I found my disdain for weakness in others. It's what happened after. He finished with me almost at the exact same time my mother walked into the room. She had to have seen him hurriedly move me off his lap. She said nothing. She just told me to go to bed. I looked at her longingly, like, do you see this? You know the energy in this room was wrong, right? Please, mama, please say something. Please don't be mad at me. I didn't want to do it, but he was an adult. Please say something. (sighs) But she said nothing. She did nothing. Oh, well, I thought as I trudged off to bed, I'm sad I didn't get any hot chocolate. The next day, my nightgown had crusty white stuff on it. I didn't remember spilling anything on it. I balled up the nightgown and put it in the closet. Kid logic. If I had placed it to get washed, she never would have found it balled up in the closet. I would have never said, I don't like it anymore. She would have never smacked me and made me wear the soiled nightgown for the next several nights. She could not understand how I loved this article of clothing one day and wanted nothing to do with it the next. I was told I would have that nightgown until either I grew up or grew out. So I started eating a lot of food so that I could not fit the nightgown anymore. I just stopped eating to outgrow the nightgown less than a year ago. I am now 42 years old. So let's give Lamont a second because for those who haven't figured it out yet, this is my truth. And the reason why I am reading my truth, and this is one of many truths I have, 
It's because you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what experiences are etched in their mind and shape who they are forever. And so when you are dealing with people, you don't know the fragility. You don't know the pressure. You don't know what's put them in this position to react and behave in a way that makes them survive. And so this makes me think about my nephew and how this is just the beginning for him. I know all too well those moments in my life that looking back have really shaped who I am as a person, but no one was in the room to know that I needed help. And so my brother is going to try to be an advocate for my my great nephew. So yeah, that's that's my truth. And so Lamont, I, I'll let you rate it. It's hard rating people in their face. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm no. trying to, to lighten it up. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm gonna rate this because that's that's what we do on this show. But you and I have had a lot of conversations about a lot of things, right? And we've and we've we went some places, right? And this is a story I've never heard. So for the listeners, understand that for me hearing this, this is the first time I'm hearing this. I'm pretty much an open book with a lot of conversations, as you know. Since since we never spoke on this, I didn't know. I've always had feelings that there may be something because we've had conversations about things that have happened to me. And I've seen the way you've responded. Like there's a, there's a difference in how someone who's went through similar things responds to it versus someone who's just feeling empathy. empathy you know what I mean? So... When you said it, it it brought up that feel like I, I I can I can understand the feeling of being a kid and having something like what you mentioned happen and and it just being it being a lot and trying to figure out how to handle your day to day just because it, it 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 does so much and I didn't know that that was something you were I didn't like I said I didn't know in particular that that was something you were directly dealing with. I'm angry. <laughs> I'm I'm angry because the fact that things like this occur, I'm not naive to the fact that this isn't out outlandish. It happens to a lot more of us than we think or that we're aware. And that's kind of the topic we're talking about here. I'm going to try to rate it first and then get back to what I feel like is the more important part. On a relatable level, like from me to you, it's a bell pepper. And that's not to diminish it. And you know that mm-hmm. it's more, I understand. Mm-hmm. From the fucker who did it, and she's smiling. It's it's a murder. I don't even care. Like I know we rate things as reapers and all that, but it's messed up to take something from someone who is so innocent and to adjust them in a way that the people around them don't know how to help steer them, let alone themselves. This is heavy. I mean, I commend you on everything you've that I've seen you do. I mean, every single success, and I don't even mean just the school stuff and all. All that's great. But I mean, specifically what you do with the boys, how you stand up for your husband, how you stand up for us as a group, people who are your unit, your 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 family, your everything. And just understand that there's a lot on your plate that doesn't even have to do with what you have to do tomorrow at work. A couple of weeks ago, you gave me a card. This was during the time where we had pretty much seen each other like couple of days in a row. I didn't really get to tell you, but I read the card here. We were all together and I got emotional, but you had made a joke right after. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if you had saw me read it or if it was just the moment of the conversation. So I kind of got to let the moment go, but I got back home and I went to work the next day and I kind of just had this moment of just a release. 
because as you as as I know you know, there's a lot of you you almost are trying so hard to achieve and become something to kind of almost I don't I don't want to say offset. Yeah, just to be like I'm I'm going to go so much harder on this end to show that that's not who I am because it it does start to for for yourself sometimes it starts to identify you that that trauma and without going into it cuz I don't really want to take the moment away from your truth my situation with my neighbor as you know and we may go into that on another episode but I'm not touching that today I, I can't it has some similarities there for a lot of time that that bothered me as far as my masculinity and everything else and trying to figure that out but for you as a woman, you know, my, my question is, how, how did you find yourself able to open yourself up to just, I mean, I guess I would just say just men after dealing with something like that? That was the start, not the end. Right, right. I really just closed myself off to everyone. Those that know me, if if you did something that I would consider crossing the line, and it could have been anything back then, just stop talking to you. I cut people off. I, I didn't allow myself that space. Then once I started getting to the point where I guess I wanted companionship and needed companionship, I did. I've been in therapy multiple times, years. And I don't know. I just, I know that there are two moments and I won't get into them here where I realized it wasn't my fault. And I was in my mid twenties. Mm. And I also was very particular about the men that I let in my space. Right. My husband is a very particular person. He he is a, a unique individual. Agreed. Far more patient and understanding and actually, you know, work with children at one point that had these types of issues. So he can understand. And that wasn't what drew me to him. That just so happens to be coincidence or the universe or Jesus. I don't know, whomever. Right. But essentially, uh, I just dealt with men who had that were particular. They didn't remind me of what I grew up and grew up around. Right. Over time, it allowed me to like slowly open up. Yeah, it's not easy. I live a life of compartmentalization. I, I did. Everything was black and white for me. And for people who live in a state of black and white or for me, it just made it easier for me to know if something was right or wrong. Because in using that example of me, I knew something wasn't right. Right. I knew it was wrong, but no one else was acting like it was wrong. No one else was acting like, you know, and I, you know, I I joke and it's probably not good. Like, you could at least gave me the fucking hot chocolate. I'm just saying, like, don't pretend that's not what this happened, what happened here. But I don't know. Stuff like that happened with multiple men. I, I'm assuming I was helping to pay offset the rent or offset something. I hope. I mean, if you're going to put somebody through that, at least gain something from it. I say that because it, it kind of seems callous, but that's the way that I've had to learn to deal with it right. in order for me to, to survive through it. So yeah, hopefully that was a long-winded way to answer your question, but that's kind of how I dealt with it and how I, I, I maneuver. You know, people are always so quick to want someone else's life. Mm -hmm. And I always think you don't want to have to take the path I took to get here. And this entire time that I got here, I never even believed I was worthy enough to to live, let alone thrive. Right. But it goes back to me learning emotional intelligence and me learning because because this whole piece of me not taking well to weakness and people, what are you complaining about? Right. That is how I felt about everybody. Like, why are you upset? You have everything. Right. And not realizing that 
just like no one probably knew what was going on with me. And although I thought they did, uh, that's like my entire, um, my entire childhood. Have you ever watched a movie and you imagine you're walking down, somebody's walking down a dark alley Mm -hmm. and it looks scary and your, your senses are heightened. It's a, then you you can, there's, you know, you can see shadows, but you are, that is how I was constantly all the time. Mm. I walked around and I didn't know people weren't constantly on alert. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I had no idea. And like once I like got like medication to kind of help me not constantly be on alert, it's like this is heaven. I'm in a heaven kind of place. Like, is, and I even asked my doctor, is this how other people feel? Everybody out in the streets walking around like this? But I don't know. You just don't know. And this is my story. And if you look from the outside, oh, my gosh, you I, I'm the Huxtables. We got two doctors, two kids, a beautiful home. And even that's not perfect. And I've never pretended like it's perfect. Right. And, you know, even that requires work. We, all things do. It's just that sometimes people like me are saddled and maneuvering through how to just be and feel normal mm-hmm. and and normal being not a constant state of alertness and a constant state of fear. Right. I mean, I got good. I could see nuances. I knew when someone wasn't, was, I just knew. And I, sometimes I could get out. Sometimes I could be gone all day. You six years old, gone all day. Another film. Who, my, I have a six-year-old and a five-year-old. Let me not see them for an hour. I would lose my mind. Now I can hear them on every floor. They got we got Alexa, we got all these things. But for me, it was trying to escape. Yeah. It was trying to find something else. And then what confused me was when other people were around how nice she was. How you couldn't even she loved her kids. I've heard people say she loved her kids. She, I remember one time she was getting into it with somebody over me and I was thinking, but you don't even like me. Hmm. But, you know, and this isn't to sully anyone. It's my truth. Yeah, absolutely. Lamont, this was so bad. I didn't even believe it. Like part of me, when I was working through therapy, it wasn't until I got confirmation on some of the things that our brother also experienced. And and not this, so that we're clear. It's just other things. I mean, like, shit goes deep. Right, right. That I realized that, I don't know, like, it. I don't know. I, I, I digress. So if I would rate this, uh, I, I like my title. It's bell pepper, because it's, it's it was a, it's a red herring. Yeah. Yeah, one with the red herring. Uh, definitely a bell pepper. I mean, but could you imagine that that is what a four or five-year-old did to survive? You're going to wear this nightgown? You're going to grow up, we should grow up or out of it. And I had to go what was quickest. That's when I I think that food became my saving grace. And it could have easily been anything else. It could have easily been anything else. I am in the black community and we ignore so much we pretend like everything is okay because it's none of our business. Mm-hmm. But I have three things when it comes to kids. If you are physically, 
emotionally or spiritually abusive to children or that I perceive. I'm saying something. One time I didn't call CPS when I wanted to because my husband talked me out of it. And it probably would have cost some stuff. But being where I'm at now, where I, I would have called in a heartbeat in front of them and, I, and not care. Mm-hmm. Because if one person would have paid attention to me. When I say one, I didn't. I don't have a story about a school teacher that helped me. I don't have that that family member that pulled me. And mind you, y'all, this was before 10. I watched my mom die at 10. No one ever came and like, you know, poured anything into me. But I don't know if they were equipped to do so. And I think that what happened to me is perpetuated over and over again, that many people don't break that cycle. They don't. It, it's it's mental illness. I suffer from mental illness. I have clinical diagnosis for multiple issues. Complex PTSD, binge eating disorder, perfectionism disorder. All these things stem from my childhood. And I, while I have been blessed beyond measure that I could steer them in a way that was productive, that's not true for everyone. Right. It's not the norm. Yeah. It's not true for everyone. So what else? we might this might be the only truth for tonight because that was pretty heavy. Yeah. Pretty heavy. Yeah. But what's on your mind? I mean, as we talk about it, you know, there, there's things that you said. And again, this is part of the reason why I think me and you started bonding the way we did in the first place. There's things you say that either I can relate to or I can go, oh, I, I have that experience. And like you said, being that young, I can remember. And I think you and I've had this conversation off the air. But I can recall being a child at my uh, paternal grandmother's house, and it's a lot of us there, a lot of us, and we've we've talked about that. There's, uh, I think, there. I know there's double digit children. I'm not even gonna get into the numbers of of actual direct children from my grandparents. So each one of them had their own children. Then there were also other children that were brought into the family as well. And uh, there would be times where it was just so many people. And the attention would be in certain places. And this is shortly after some things that happened to me at home, dealing with some things with my mom and I had left. And I couldn't have been older than seven. I can't remember the exact age at this point. And I left. And um, from the street that it was at, I probably walked maybe, I'd say, 15 blocks away to my other grandmother's house where there were the only other child there was my sister. Ironically, no one really noticed I was there either. So I left and went back. And this was over a time frame of a couple hours. And it seemed like no one really noticed that I was gone. And I spoke with some of my cousins about this a couple of years ago when my father had passed. And like you said, they just didn't know. My aunts and uncles, they just didn't know. No one knew. And I don't I don't blame any of them for it because um, while I was a child, I originally just thought it was just because there's just so many of us. And that still could be true. There's just so many that, you know, how do you keep a head count if you're not physically, literally keeping a head count? And at my other grandmother's house, I found out years later she was going through illnesses and dealing with sicknesses and things like that. So I can't, you know, now looking back at it, I I look at it somewhat different. It still hurt. And still does hurt sometimes. It's kind of why I still have distance problems now dealing with my family. Um, just because I feel like there's such a window where I don't, you know, feel like I belong there. And it, it's just a lot. This is this is heavy. Like there's probably more conversation that we'll have to have on this. But I don't I don't necessarily know if this is the the right venue for it. Understood. Yeah. 
So I know that we are getting towards the, the end of the episode. So we'd always like to try to give some sagely advice. And so my first, of course, that I've been reiterating over and over is be kind. You don't know what people are going through. Be kind. You know, when we think people like, oh my gosh, I can't believe so-and-so hurt themselves or killed themselves, or we don't know what they're ruminating on. The things that kind of harm us and, and make these traumatic events sometimes etch, like I could smell it. I can feel it. I know exactly uh, what happened. So the other sage advice would be be patient with people. If you're not equipped to, to be in relationship, that be whether it be romantic or friendship or whatever, with someone that has these types of issues, be upfront and be okay with that. I I was a walking billboard for trauma and my relationships, I didn't even know how to establish relationships. I was so guarded. And so be patient, be kind, be kind to yourself. If this, if my truth resonated with you, you're not alone. You're not alone. It was not your fault. And seriously, I am sorry. I'm sorry that there wasn't someone there to protect you. I'm sorry there wasn't someone there to hold you. And I'm sorry that this is what your experience was. You didn't deserve that. No one deserves to be treated this way. And it doesn't matter what your life looks like now. It doesn't matter if you are a doctor with a PhD or if you are, you listen to this podcast on your phone under the bridge. Our pain and our trauma are the same. And just because the avenues that you chose may have made things more difficult for you, doesn't make you a bad person. And so that's that's my my words of wisdom for today, for this episode. What about you, Lamont? I pretty much second everything you said. Life has its ups and downs for all of us. Different people experience different traumas at different levels. And while it's hard, if you are under the sound of our voice, please, please seek help if you need it. Understand that it's definitely a process. It's not something that's instantaneous. So just, you know, give yourself that space. That's the part that I kind of want to make sure that we reiterate is be kind to yourself. It's sometimes we do a really good job of being outwardly kind, but not inwardly mm. kind. We we kind of like harbor on ourselves a lot more and we're a lot more angry about things we didn't do. And we always feel like we've always just missed an opportunity rather than seeing the opportunities ahead of us. And I don't necessarily mean that as far as a monetary thing. I understand that, especially in the society we live in now, that everything is so geared towards what you can show you have and your Instagram filtered life. But just understand that sometimes the smallest things in your life have the most importance and just try to really embrace those and, you know, do whatever you can to make yourself comfortable throughout your time. So. I agree. It's self-care is important. And I'm going to go take a nap after this. That's going to be myself. I'm going to go to bed after this. That's going to be my self-care. So, you know, I know we always try to make you laugh. We always try to make you smile. But today, instead of ending on our our regular note, I will say this. um, I love you. I don't know you. But the same spirit and energy that lives in me, it still, it lives in everyone. So the part of me that, part of me will always love everyone and really want to see people grow. And it's because that I have been able to get my immediate needs met. There's there's is it Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, one of those pieces is safety and security. And even though I was safe for many years, I never felt safe. Hmm. So practice that self-compassion. Lamont is 100% right. 
you didn't do this. I'm going to leave it there with thank you for checking out this week's episode of Pick Truth. I wish you all the happiness and peace that you need. Catch you next time. Later. We can't pick truth without you. Send us your truths at picktruthmail at post.com to see if you can bring the heat.